I don't think I would put that much effort into it. I'd probably just bang pots together. That'd be better. For like 20 minutes. <laughs> so I really like all your podcasts, except that one episode where the teacher just banged the pots together and screamed at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I skipped that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes, we're back after an undisclosed amount of weeks, because we can't remember how many weeks it's been since we recorded. And this week, we're going to talk about writing and we're going to talk about how much you should describe things on the page to get your idea across effectively and mm -hmm. how to respond to a script that someone has sent you whether it's good or bad i guess we'll cover both things right mm -hmm. yeah which one should we start with let's do how much to describe in a script because as per usual latif just pitched this idea to me five minutes ago and now we're recording this and mm -hmm. it was your idea so i think you should take the lead on this one sure yeah and let's talk about both things because you're writing a script that's very based in in reality and history kind of thing right mm -hmm. and i'm writing something that's extremely fictionalized so it'll be interesting to get both the uh, perspectives and opinions but i know you're balls deep in yours so how are you describing your things well it's really more about like uh, setting. So like, you know, regionally, you know, which part of a country, what town, is it a city? Is it like a smaller suburb? Like these things all play a part in like what, what you're describing. And especially if you're trying to give off like the, the feeling of the place, you have to start to be more specific so when I start naming places, I I really start looking for like, you know, like a part of like a city. And so are you talking about scene header scene headers specifically? Yeah, but then, and then like if you're in a building there, like you you start to describe little things like what's the building, mm -hmm. you know, are you in an office? Are you upstairs? What does it look like? But then you know you can go overboard with this kind of stuff, so you don't want to get like. The wallpaper was this, and then dop. I was going to ask, like, this is one thing that I feel I'm really, really bad at, actually, is scene headers. Yeah. Uh, I think because pretty much the last two scripts I've written, I've written them by party stories and what we don't say, for us just beelining it into production. Mm -hmm. So it was okay if I just wrote interior coffee shop. <laughs> or interior apartment and that was it because we knew where we were shooting and everything yeah. but when you don't have that and you need to just describe it so people, someone gets a visual in their head like how much work are you putting into these scene headers and is it something that you'll make the scene header perfect before you go into the scene to write that or do you revisit it after what's your process no with actual with actual scene headings like I don't go crazy the first time I'm writing it. Mm. I try to leave it pretty generic. So it could be like cabin, shed, house, you know, street. But then after I've done a little more research and have figured out, you know, where the whole movie takes place or what era, then I start to get more specific. Then it could be like cul-de-sac in Georgia, mm. you know. So for you, it's more of a... A research-based thing like you need you will write the call a generic version of it first do your research then write the specific version it's not so much 
you, you'll write the scene to figure out what it is, then go back and write the header based off that. It... Yeah, like I'll do the generic one first, and then really more of the writing, you know, the actual like action and the dialogue, that's where it gets more specific in the first round. And then I come back and, and just add more details later on. But like I, I usually like to give a description of the space when I write a scene. You mean not in the scene header? Like you'll do scene header, then a little line on how the place feels. Yeah, like guys sitting in a bar, it's dingy, and mm. there's a lot of cigarette smoke and a low ceiling, and mm. there's a bar, some violinist or something, like to describe like the place and like what's going on in the atmosphere. I like to do that for most like new locations. Um, I think it's really effective in creating like a space in the world, especially mm -hmm. if you're doing something period, you, you really should set up the, the tone, mm -hmm. um, by like placing your character in the space and then describing what's happening around him. If there is any, or if there isn't just putting him in a place where you get what's going on because it's very easy to just get lost when you're reading something like that, how specific and layered do you have to get when you talk about description? And that could be action, like a character's actions, and that could also be like a setting and a place, and even like describing what a character looks like or wears. Like, I hate to describe the character in a first draft, because like, I'm writing a script for the first time. So do you try, or do you just write like, Jeff, 50. Yeah, I give I give a name, an age, and then maybe like a really simple way to see it in your head. And then after a first draft, then I'll start, you know, bulking it up a little bit just so we see like a face or something. But in the first draft, never like handsome young dude with beard, you know, a cloak like a vampire and he's sitting in a corner. Like I wouldn't do that normally. Because I know what it looks like in my head, and I can associate it with the, with the name. So for myself, I don't do that. But at some point, someone's going to read it. They need to like kind of see something. That was my next question. So is it you won't describe it until you know someone's going to read it? Yeah, until not until someone's going to read it. More until I feel like it needs to be addressed. Because mm. the world itself and everything is being put together, I guess, as as it's being written. So... That's why, like, I don't get too crazy about, like, describing the scene heading too much and then the character description too much because they're still a little blurry to me. Hmm. But I know what I want to happen in the scene. Yeah. So I can kind of generalize. Like, they're sitting in a bar in the 30s in Detroit. So that kind of gives you an idea. I think people will have, like, some recollection of something from a movie or from pictures of what that might look like. Then you can get really specific later on, which I think is helpful. But in general, people can paint a picture. But then the most important stuff is what's actually happening in the scene. And I think that's where people can get lost to. Um, I think sometimes I find reading like what a character does either gets like under-described or over-described. Mm -hmm. like that a... sweet spot is hard to hit. It is. There's a good middle where you're like, that's just enough action where I know what's going on, mm -hmm. but not too much that it's unnecessary. Because, like, you could write, 
A man takes a swig from a cup and spits, you know, on the floor beside him. Mm-hmm. We know what that is. It's very simple. But a man grabs the cup. He lifts it to his chin. He tilts the cup and, and swallows, mm-hmm. puts the cup down, turns his head and spits. That's almost like way too much description for man drinks and spits the, the mm-hmm. liquor out, you know. And then you could just go like a under describe guy drinks and spits and like what where is he you know um so like there's even there there's levels to like how much and learning like what that is for you well i was gonna ask how do you learn that because this actually reminded me of the other day i rewrote a synopsis for someone i read it and i've read the script and i was like this synopsis is okay like you could post it and people would be like i get the gist of this movie but there was no flow to it there was no it wasn't poetic at all it was just kind of like here's kind of what's gonna happen right i was like okay well this isn't enticing you know so how do you get from a point of either over description to the correct amount or under descriptive to the correct enticing amount. I find when you're reading it and you start to stumble over things, um, that's when it becomes a little bit of an issue. And it starts to get pretty thick on the page too. You can kind of see it. Like it just becomes like a big chunk of words. And the reason is there's just too much description happening. Yeah, you know, people talk about white space all the time. And I remember when I first started writing, I was like, oh, white space, okay, it makes sense if you have a lot of that. But I really do think it's true. I'd be curious on your stance. Like, if I write anything over three lines, the max I'll do is four. And Mm. four, I'm like, that fourth line better be totally necessary. Because my eyes are tired of looking at this paragraph now. Right. What's your take on that? It, It depends on what's happening. I do think, you know, sometimes people can get that, like, oh, there's just so much so many chunks of stuff and it just freaks them out but every now and then you can you know have like four five you might be pushing a little but mm-hmm. like really like there's no like hard rule about it if what you've written is very interesting like if it's like a lot of action a lot of like interesting things happening in that moment it's easier to go along with mm-hmm. but that's you know the magic of like describe it exactly as it needs to be without being too you know wordy and like, I, I find like I I start to like cut words out and like and compress things in a way that you wouldn't write like that normally. It's not like proper grammar, mm. but it's more interesting to read. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'll, I'll do stuff like that just to like tighten things a little, or you know, not use like proper sentences to describe something. Mm. You know, like a cop busting through a door, you could simply write the police officer like bangs the door down with his foot and charges into the room but you could also just write bam he runs into the room Hmm. it's kind of the thing you you put it together but like there's more of like a punctuation to it Hmm. but you're doing it with sound and (laughs) you know there's different ways to like write things like that so it just depends on like how you approach it but if you describe everything in a script and i think this has to do with style and like a voice of a writer if you describe everything as like as 
generic as possible and, and not be descriptive and not use like, you know, little things that only you would do. It does become like, you're almost reading like copy for like an ad. Mm -hmm. It's just like so generic. Yeah. Um, so you do have to like add little flourishes and things that only you could do. And I think in description that plays a lot because the dialogue and everything, it's always kind of a little easier, I find. Mm -hmm. But in, in actually like showing what happens on the page, which turns into action later on, that needs to be really well thought out. Yeah. To me, that's where like a lot of the, the mental math happens. Yeah, I totally agree. If I was to ask you, Latif, how should I get to that perfect middle ground? Should I write, cop walks up to door, cop listens, there's something inside, cop breaks down door, walks in. Or, so that would be the under-describing version, and then elaborate on top of it. Or, should I put in every tiny detail I could possibly imagine and chop down from there? What do you think would be the best? And how do you do it? I, I, I mean, even earlier, I think I might have described three of those and like one is too much and one is yeah. like that. But you can use each of those scenarios effectively. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might want to over-describe something simple because you're drawing something out. You know, like maybe someone opening a door, you draw it out mm -hmm. over more lines than it should because it's so tense. You know, this hand slowly reaches for the door. It touches the tips of the doorknob and slowly starts to turn it. You know, we hear squeaks and you pull the door and then like we reveal a face on the other side or it could just be like, the guy opens the door, someone's standing there. <laughs> it's the same thing, but it's like they have different effects, right? So you can use words to your advantage there. But I think you have to kind of know what's appropriate. And, and the best way to do that is like, be like, what's this scenario about? Is it supposed to be tense? Is it... Is it supposed to be the guy who just walks out of a house? If that's it, then that's all you need to write. Yeah. You kind of, I think, by instinct should know what what works. Oh, the more you write, the more you'll feel like, you know, this takes a little more muscle to write. This, I can just kind of like whip it out there and it's good to go. Um, you have to kind of make those judgments scene by scene. But m most of the time, I think it's safe to just kind of write it as simple as possible you know like if i like just from my brain to my head if i'm like i'm gonna grab you know those headphones i just grab the headphones you almost write as simple as that he grabs the headphones but if you decide to add more steps to that there should be some sort of reason for it yeah um I, that that would be the, the easiest way for me to describe yeah. i think one thing that doesn't get talked about as much as it should too is um the spacing you use too and like i know i just talked about white space this is something different like where you said you know guy walks up to door grabs door handle starts to turn it it squeaks he enters like when i see that in my head as a written thing on the page that's not all in one line like in between each one of those i'm hitting enter and creating more distance on the page because I want it to feel more drawn out. If I want things to seem quicker, then I'll put them all in the same line. And if I want them to be really quick, I'll put like dashes instead of periods to make it seem like it's jumping like sporadically. But if you want it to be drawn out 
man walks up to door. You hit enter, so it's on another line. Grab store handle. And then sometimes, like, if you, I really want to draw it out, I'll, like, hit enter, then do period. Hit enter, so it's on another line, then two periods, then enter, then three periods. So it's kind of like dot, dot, dotting in real time just to, like, get that sense of pace and how deliberately slow I want it to be across. So yeah, don't be, if you want things to be slow, don't cram them all into one line. I mean, maybe you want it for that certain thing, but I, the first thought in my mind is don't cram it in one line, but if you want it to be quick, just make it as fast as you can bullet points while still effective to telling the story of what you want to happen kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but even what you just said there, that's very much like, that's a style thing that you do. Mm-hmm. to create that kind of you know drawn out um action that's something that's very specific to how you write i think people should be able to like experiment and try writing things that that give you that same feeling yeah. um and you can kind of like almost make a little word puzzle on your page to create that kind of thing i don't yeah. i'm not saying you have to do that but it's like a, a way to approach something mm-hmm. but um but even in terms of description, because we just talked about like setting and stuff, but we also talked about a- action, which I think is mm-hmm. important. But I, I'm even sometimes talking to the specifics of like how a procedure is done mm-hmm. or how something is is done in a in like a certain industry or whatever. Like to know that like very well and be able and know how to describe it is important, I think. Um, Because as writers, what we're doing is telling stories based on either something that's happened or something loosely based on reality. Mm -hmm. Unless we're just completely like going sci-fi here and like inventing shit that's not real. Um, We have to be grounded in some, even in science fiction, we have to somehow still be grounded. And I think when you do something based off of history, you have to kind of know how some things work. You know, for example, if you're doing a, a film about, you know, World War Two, and you have no idea, <laughs> you, you know, how things went down, or you don't know who was on which side, and you have no idea in in which countries some of the the battles were fought, and you're just kind of like writing something associated with it, and you've got no idea of the history, then you're completely going to like you know, disrespect the, the history of what happened, but also come off as a complete idiot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's such a big thing to talk about. Obviously, if we're going to write about World War II, we'll do some research. But, for example, if you're writing about how pancakes first were invented, mm. and that's like a part of your story briefly, and you just gloss over it, and you don't actually like look into how pancakes were first invented, you might just be like completely you know, missing something crucial. You might get something new from that, but I think it's important to actually, like, figure out how things actually happen sometimes because it's important to know these things. Uh, It's part of what being a writer is. It's like doing research and bring validity to what you do. Mm -hmm. Because, like, a lot of... I'm sure there are a lot of movies out there, and even some now that just kind of gloss over things that are important. And just like, ah, it's a movie! (laughs) And I, I hate that. I personally, I really like when things are done with an authenticity and thought put into like a lot of it. Yeah. 
Mm. And obviously, you're not going to get everything. You know, you might make mistakes, you might get some things wrong, but there, there's a, a lot of appreciation for when things are done properly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, one thing I'd be interesting to hear your opinion on, just on the since we're on the note of describing things and how to do it effectively. One thing that I've always found difficult, and for me it's always just been a matter of rewriting to get to the place where it feels right, but it's describing one certain thing that's going to come into play in detail, where we might need three lines of description to do it, but you know that when you film it, like, for instance, right now I'm looking at your pillow, and it's like a, a classic square pillow. It kind of looks like it has flower petals and like roses um, coming from it everywhere. It's very fluffy and wavy. Um, and to film that takes one second. I just film the pillow. You know what it looks like in your mind. But to write it on the page might take three lines of dialogue. And then on the page... I read something like that and I'm like, that's going to become important. I just have this feeling. Whereas when you watch it in the movie, you're like, cool, a pillow. And then if something crazy was to happen with it later, you're like, oh my God, I never would have saw that coming because it was one second of, call it memory time, compared to 15 seconds of reading three lines of dialogue or description for it. So how do you balance that in your writing? Have you had something like that happen before? Well, I don't know. I think I might be one of those types that overthinks sometimes too much. You know, even if I'm describing like a building or or anything, like I I'm, sometimes I do too much research. Yeah. Like, what what did a building in this part of the country during this time look like? I'll Google buildings and start like googling like what the glass was made out of. Like that's important. Just like crazy. Um, and you could just simply write a building. <laughs> but like to me it's like I there might be something that I'm missing and I don't want to miss it but you know with the pillow example it it almost like helps if you're more descriptive in the beginning sorry I mean like something where it's a surprise that it's going to become mm-hmm. bigger than it is you right. know what I mean where you almost want to deceive the audience into being like, oh, that's nothing, don't worry about it. But you need, on the page, you need to write so many details that it's almost telling the person that it's going to become important later. I think you can still write in a way that doesn't clue into something too much. Okay. You know, say say the in the beginning of a movie, there's like a potted plant mm-hmm. that turns out to be like poisonous. You can just start the movie on a potted plant, be like, uh, a potted plant sits in the window, the camera turns and we see the dude. And then it goes from there. And it's like, okay, like you, you don't really get anything from that. But when you're filming it, you had the music and you've got the shot of this plant. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's like an evil plant or something. I think on the page it doesn't come across that way. Yeah. But you just, I just, it just depends on how you frame it in, in the writing. Okay. But I think I mis- misunderstood your question the first time. That's okay. Yeah. We got there. Do you have any other thoughts on like description and just kind of practical advice of ways to get the best description out of what you're going for in your script? 
Yeah, it just it helps to know specifics about the things you're writing, you know, like what what the names of like clothing is cuz clothing changes over time. And just knowing like what kind of outfits someone is wearing that helps you describe it so much easier. And just having like an idea of like what what uh part of society someone might fit into, you know, are they like a businessman, are they a accountant looking type of person are they a blue collar worker do they work on a farm like adding like these things they kind of cheat a little and give you more about the person than they should but i think it's a completely okay way to do it like you know a guy walks out of a drugstore hands look like he's been playing with dirt or something like you could tell this guy's like someone who works somewhere you know something simple like that but sometimes descriptions get too i almost find like they get too like comical and and get too like it's almost like describing like a superhero you know it's like vibrant face and like i i don't even know what that means i almost feel like describe it as physical as possible like show me what it looks like as opposed to showing me like what the what the feeling of the person is mm-hmm. some people might find that works better too but i i have a hard time if someone's like this seems like a a happy guy that it's hard for me to see what that looks like in my head but it's like his his head looks like it's inflated and his hair's on edge i could see that in my head mm-hmm. but if you write something like internal it's hard for me to like picture something that's right so i don't know writing character description is always tough but i find using physical description that you can actually picture very easy for me to like write Yeah, honestly I think character description is one of the hardest things to write cuz usually I have like what one maybe two lines. Like if I say two lines of character description, I'm like that's a lot of goddamn character description. <laughs> so it has to be very synthesized, but and I think one thing <coughs> you just touched on that's really important for people not to forget as well is like it's okay not to know these things when you sit down to write your first draft. Yeah. As you write more and refine more and learn more about these characters and what they're going to do, they're going to become clearer to you. So if you're sitting down and it's like fade in interior bedroom, Max sits at the keyboard and then you start to write the character description and you don't quite know what it is yet, don't get cut up on that. Like just write 25 and then continue on and it it'll come to you eventually don't abandon your script because you can't write a character description <laughs> yeah. the only thing that i think that helps me is like the first the first you know scene that happens in the movie i try to be a little more descriptive just in the beginning just so i can really nail down like the feeling of whatever i'm writing yeah like where where the first scene takes place and what the atmosphere is and what people look like mm-hmm. i try to be a little more descriptive right when i start just so i can nail it in my head mm-hmm. and then i have that image in my head and i can just go through the rest of the script and just skim through those descriptions because i know in the beginning kind of what it's supposed to be then later on i fill in those a little more yeah. it's like you know when you paint something you you initially would sketch the lines out yeah and get the shapes and then you start to fill in details over time. Mm. It's like you approach a script like a painting. Yeah. I think it's great advice. And I think it's perfect timing to move on to topic 2, which is how to 
um, respond to a script that you've just read. So what's your first stage of this? For me, it starts in the in the writing. Sorry, in the reading of it. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as someone sends me a script and I have to read it, I have to like prepare to to do that. So I, you know, I'll make a couple hours. Do you always read scripts in one go, or do you read them in chunks, or does it matter? No, I have to read it at once. I really? think if I stop reading it, I won't finish it. Okay. I'll never come back to it. So I have to just do it once. It's like watching a movie. You just do mm-hmm. it. I can't, like, stop a movie halfway through. Really? No, I have to watch it. It's really hard for me to just, like, pause it. Okay. Um, so with the script, I read it all the way through once. Um, and then going into it, I put some things in my head aside because what do you mean like notes you have on it as you're reading no like biases or like any aggressions reading going into it Mm. i find because you know i'm not fond of reading scripts it's not something i like to do um so when someone sends me a script and i have to read it i always have like this anger (laughs) <laughs> like, why are you making me do this? Like, rage, rage. I'm, I'm mad at whoever sent it to me. I'm like, oh, why do you have to write things? And then I'll read it. <clears throat> but as I start, I have to like, all right, I have to put all that aside, and just like take this in for what what it is. So, I try not to be completely like critical or judgmental of anything I don't like. Mm-hmm. If I'm not crazy about something, I just skim over it. Mm-hmm. I just like, ah, okay, I'll just keep going. Do you mean skim over it as you're reading or skim over it when you're giving your thoughts later? Or I guess both? As, as I'm reading, I won't dwell on it. If okay. I read something I don't like, I don't double back. I just go past it mm. and I just keep moving forward. It's, it's very rare that I'll stop and read something again mm-hmm. unless it's just confusing to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just blow through. Um, I'll, I'll go through things fairly quickly. Um and I try not to think too much about things as I'm reading. I'm just trying to like comprehend what what's on the page. Uh, I don't have like a pencil. I don't take notes. Like nothing. I just like read it as fast as I can. And by the time I'm done, anything that's worth remembering, I start to think about mm. and start to be like, okay, this and this and this. And then anything that like I, I that doesn't like stick out to me is probably not really an issue to me because mm. usually the things that really stay with me by the time I'm done are the things that I want to talk about. Yeah, um, it makes sense. So when we talked recently, it was like just about the things that I thought were necessary to discuss. Mm. Anything that I didn't bring up wasn't an issue yeah. or just wasn't worth talking about in general. Mm. So read it as fast as I can. Don't think about anything as you're reading it. Just just like take the information in. And then at the end of it, then you can start to like brainstorm and figure out what what might work. That's yeah, that's how I read anything someone sends me. Yeah, I think it's good advice. It's one thing that I know I could do better is the not judging as you read thing. And maybe the one of the keys to that is like you mentioned speed. Just mm-hmm. like burn through it as quick as you can, so there's no time to sit there and be like, oh, well, that's strange that they wrote that that way. Mm-hmm. Just kind of get through it um how do you decide what to tell the person like and we'll just assume in this case that they're like hey i really want to know what you think what's your next step in like filtering what you're going to say what you're not going to say 
Well, I, I always try to give a general uh, feeling of like everything. Cause like, if I just don't like anything, then I'm like, listen, man, I just think this needs a lot of work. That's how it would start. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, this is stupid or anything like that. Cause that's not. <laughs> just cut your hands off. Never write anything ever again. <laughs> well, sometimes you want to say that, but that's, <laughs> it's not helpful to anyone. It's just mean. So uh, if something's got a lot of problems and I, and I'm not, if I didn't enjoy like a good amount of it, I'd say this needs a lot of work. That's like the best way for me to like put it across. Um, and then if it's not that, if it's like a little more formed and there's something to work with, then I'll be like the stuff that I like here, the stuff that I, I think isn't quite doing it for me here. And when I, and even the way it's worded, like, I don't say like, this doesn't work or this is bad. I say, it's mm-hmm. not doing it for me. Yeah. It's not like coming across to me because ultimately it's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we'll talk more about, you know, specifics, but really like, it's just not dancing around it. Just like saying what you feel, saying what you think, because it's not helpful to like embellish things. It's not, it's not helpful to to only talk about things you like. I think that's kind of useless. Mm. But it's also not helpful to like pull punches. I think if there's something that's not working, you have to talk about it. But also, if you have ideas, put them out there. Um, it's hard. It's really rare for me to not like something, but not have an alternative. Mm. It's not often I'm like, I just don't like that. That was terrible, and I have no ideas on how to make it better. Yeah, but I don't know. As I as I age more, I think maybe I, I've become a little more open-minded to, you know, just ideas and stuff in general. So it, it creates, like, more pathways for, like, alternatives. So whenever I see something, I... I'm always thinking about what's another way to do it, mm-hmm. but I, I never try to talk about something if I if I don't have some ideas about it. It's hard for me to just I don't like this as as like criticism. Do you think that's ever helpful for someone to hear? Whether well, it's about like a scene or a script as a whole. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't think it's helpful. I just think you, that that might come across as like you just have a different taste with someone Mm. yeah that's totally true um i remember during what is it third or the fourth rewrite of what we don't say rachel said that to me once she's like look i can't tell you why but the scene i don't like it i was like really that's interesting and i found it actually was helpful to me i mean it was probably most helpful because it came from a place of like I knew she was trying to make it better, not just mm-hmm. someone being like, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> you know? But then I could kind of pick her brain and be like, okay, well, what didn't work for you? How did it hit you? And then compare that to what I was going for. And in that sense, it really did help. But I think odds are if someone's saying, you know, I don't like that, they're probably more of just a douche than someone trying to make it better (laughs) yeah but you know that that in itself is like that's how like a a child responds to Mm. to anything you know hey do you want do you want like some of this food i don't like it 
so what do you like? It's like, how does that conversation move forward? For me, it doesn't do any... Because, you know, with Rachel, you could see she's trying to express something. She doesn't know what. But if that's like the... If you only get, I don't like this from someone and there's nothing after it, there's nothing you can do with that. It's completely useless. Because what if you like it? Yeah. And then they don't like it. But they don't give you any further, you know, reasoning or understanding of how they feel about it. Because if someone doesn't like something... There's a reason behind it. And people mm-hmm. should be able to express how they feel about things. So uh, yeah, I totally. think the more descriptive you are about how you're receiving things that you've read, the more helpful it is to the other person. And the more vague you are, the worse it is, even yeah. if it's praise. It's like, it's good. It's bad. I like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Completely useless information. There are some people that want to know what's wrong with their stuff they so they can make it better and then there's other people where if you're like hey you know uh i didn't really enjoy this they would just be like oh oh (laughs) and be heartbroken you know yeah so weighing the personality of who you're talking to is also crucial yeah and probably like one of the first steps of what i would consider is it one of the first things that would come to your mind when you're about to give notes half and half like i I still try to maintain a level of like honesty. Mm-hmm. Like I, I try not to sugarcoat anything, but I might just word things a little differently based on who I'm talking to. Because yeah. there's some people who just can't take criticism. Yeah. They'll just like they'll over-explain themselves and just be like, but but no, you don't get it and all this shit. And I'm just like, I can't deal with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta like, you know, let let that go. You're right. I don't get it. So let's talk about why i didn't get it <laughs> yeah like I, and then sometimes people will just not listen to things at all mm-hmm. but if you have someone that's kind of like they're open to taking some notes and they're willing to listen to your opinions then you can just kind of like lay it all out there yeah. you have to kind of gauge who's on the other side of the conversation mm-hmm. and, and i part of me is almost like you got to know them a little bit before you even accept reading the script. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't like figured that out, then you might be in for some trouble. Mm-hmm. I'd say like I I don't like to read scripts from people I don't know to mm-hmm. some capacity. Um. It's it's almost. I maybe once it's happened to me where someone I didn't know that well sent me a script. And then every other time has been through someone I have some sort of relationship with. Mm. But if you're just getting a script from, like, some dude that you don't know, and then they're asking for feedback, you might want to, like, figure out who this person is. Yeah. Because they might murder you, too. (laughs) Didn't like my script. You didn't like my screenplay? (laughs) Be constructive. Be looking out for the best interest of what they're trying to write and try and be helpful in a way where you're going to get them there and mm. judge who they are first. Judge is a harsh word. Evaluate. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it also depends on, you know, many different factors. Like, what is your relationship with them? How close are they to making this thing? You know, you you, you can use a lot of things to kind of gauge what kind of notes they're looking for. They might just tell you, too. They might be like, hey... I think there's something wrong with the character. Give me some notes. Here, here's a script. 
And then, you know, that might be helpful. It might be helpful for the person sending the script to ask for some things for them to look out for, too. That's true. That's really true. But I, I uh, personally, if I send someone a script to read, um, I just send them the script. And I just, like, sit back. But honestly, I don't send scripts to a lot of people myself. So. Yeah, totally fair. All right, well, that wraps up another fantastic episode. This one did turn out to be really good. I enjoyed talking about this stuff. Yeah, writing is fun. Writing is fun. I'm going to do more of it very soon. All right, well, until next week, we're brought to you by Pippa. That's P-I-P-P-A dot I-O. Podcast hosting service that's cheap and awesome. And also just bought, got bought by someone. Pippa. Yeah, so it's changing to something. I briefly read the email the other day, and then... Got another far more interesting email, so I read that instead. <laughs> Turns out it got bought by like Amazon. And now it's Amazon.io. Yeah, and now we have to pay a lot of money to Amazon. No, we'd still be covered. The viewers would have to pay a lot of money to Amazon. Sucks to be you guys. Because now it would be a podcast on Amazon Prime, but as a video. It would just be the logo as a video. Yeah. That'd be so dumb. <laughs> <laughs>